This is a podcast from the Business Times. Starting the week, Singapore shares fell in the morning despite gains in US and Europe markets. The Straits Times Index fell 0.1% at the open, but gained 0.1% to close at 3,324.55 points. On Tuesday, Singapore shares fell in the morning after global markets closed mixed or flat overnight. The SDI fell 0.1% shortly after opening and closed in the red down 0.8% to 3,296.56 points. At the midweek, Singapore shares slid in the morning, mirroring losses in global markets. The SDI fell 0.2% at the open and ended 0.1% in the red to close at 3,293.91 points. And on Thursday, Singapore shares fell in the morning following hikes in additional buyer snap duty rates for residential properties. The SDI fell 0.5% at the open and closed in the red, down 0.36% at 3,282.03 points. It's Friday, April 28th. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements from the Business Times. I'm podcast editor Clarissa Montero. Singapore shares fell in the morning despite gains in global markets overnight. The SDI fell 0.1% to 3,279.49 points at the open. Here's Amelia Tan, market analyst at Istjex Securities, wrapping the trading week for us. In the week to date, the STI declined 1.2% in line with regional markets. Property developers let STIs decline on Thursday following the government's property cooling measures overnight. Government stepped up additional buyer stamp duty rates for residential properties in a fresh round of cooling measures aimed at curbing investment demand. For Singapore citizens, ABSD for the purchase of the second property will be raised to 20% from 17%. Permanent residents will see ABSD raised from 25% to 30% on the second property. Foreigners bear the brunt of the increases, with ABSD on any property purchase doubled from 30% to 60%. A 65% rate will apply to residential properties bought by entities or in trust, up from the current 35%. The new rates will take effect on April 27. Property developers and property-related stocks saw heavier trading on Thursday after the announcement. City Development and UOL declined 5-6%, while APEC Realty and PropNex declined 7-8%. Looking back in the Singapore market, Outperformers for the week for companies with a market cap of at least 500 million Sing dollars were First Reit, Cortina Holdings, and Del Monte, averaging 3% in price returns. On the other hand, underperformers for the week were Bumitama Agri, HRNet Group, and Starhub, averaging 5% declines. In terms of institutional fund flows in Singapore across the last five sessions through to 26 April, we observed net institutional fund outflows of 31 million Sing dollars. By sector, the highest net inflows over the last five sessions were seen across industrials at 56 million, followed by consumer cyclicals at 9.8 million and telecommunications at 9.1 million. On the other hand, financial services recorded the highest net outflows of 29 million, followed by consumer non cyclicals at 7.7 million and technology at 7.5 million. Largest inflows were seen in Capital Land Integrated Commercial Trust, Semcorp Marine, and SGX, while largest outflows were recorded in UOB, SETS, and Maple Tree Pan Asia Commercial Trust. For the more passive investors, the SGX listed ETFs that saw the most trading activity in the week include the Lion OCBC Securities Hang Seng Tech ETF, both STI ETFs, 
iShares USD Asia High Yield Bond ETF and the SPDR Gold Shares ETF. Newsroom journalist Yongjun Yuan joins us with his take of the week. Jin Yuan, it wasn't the happiest trading week, but what were the biggest drivers? Well, Clarissa, for the five days ended April 27th, the Straits Times Index shed 1%. Regional indices were also in the red. Japan's Nikkei 225 Index shed 0.7%, while South Korea's Kospi fell 2.6%, and Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index declined 2.7%. On Monday, figures from the Monetary Authority of Singapore and the Ministry of Trade and Industry showed inflation for the month of March falling across the board. Both headline inflation and core inflation were largely in line with analyst expectations at 5.5% and 5.6% respectively. Analysts saw the figures as a sign that inflation is likely to proceed at a more moderate pace. Barclays senior regional economist Brian Tan noted that the pass-through of cost pressures has not only been manageable, but is also dissipating rapidly, while IG market analyst Yap Jin Rong noted that the lack of any upside surprise in inflation over the past three months would help justify MAS's decision to shift towards a monetary tightening pause. A weaker inflation reading could also help to drive the Sing dollar lower. However, OCBC Chief Analyst Selena Ling noted that the current tight labour market may cause wage growth to lag the slowdown in inflation. Furthermore, she said that core inflation is still vulnerable to being sticky on the downside, as certain segments, such as food inflation, remain elevated due to raw ingredient prices and other operating costs, such as manpower. Then, close to midnight on Wednesday, the government announced hikes to the additional buyer stamp duty for residential properties to curb investment demand. Analysts such as Orange Tea and Thai's Senior Vice President of Research and Analytics Christine Sun, as well as Mogul.sg's Chief Research Officer Nicholas Mark, believe that the move could indeed reduce investment demand in residential properties. However, they note, that property developers may try to mitigate the cooling measures' impact on sales with certain strategies, such as reducing the size of housing units or by withholding sales and waiting for a better opportunity to sell. The analysts also see the measures as positive for non-residential investments, such as REITs, as investors search for alternatives. As for listed property developers, such as City Development, UOL and Fraser's Property, DBS analysts said in a report on Thursday that they do not expect these counters to fall as much as they did after the previous cooling measure announcements. They believe that the developers are already trading at attractive valuations, with the Singapore Developer Index trading at a multi-year low from a price-to-net-asset value perspective. Still, markets appeared rattled, and city development, UOL, and Fraser's property fell by 5.6%, 4.7% and 0.6%, respectively, on Thursday. Still to come, company-focused news and what's to note in the Singapore markets with Amelia. A monthly podcast inspired by the Business Times column, Off the Record, joined the BT Podcasts lineup in April. Conversations in which editors from the newsrooms of SPH Media discuss the modern news industry from their insider's perspective. Hi, I'm Howie Lim, correspondent at the Business Times. In the next episode of Editor's Talk, I'll be getting insights into the strategy and thought process that took BT Podcasts from experiment to business unit at the Business Times. Are there more transformational changes to come? What is the potential of podcasts in today's digital world? 
And where does AI fit into the future of BT podcasts? Information that doesn't just affect me directly, but might give you answers in your business sector's digital transformation journey. BT's podcast editor Clarissa Montero joins us next. Out May 8th. Check in for the latest in editor's talk from the Business Times. And now, back to market focus from the Business Times. Amelia, more key economic data came through for Singapore this week. And of course, with the adjustments to ABSD, all eyes are on the property sector. Talk us through some of that information. Yes, certainly, Clarissa. Inflation in Singapore fell across the board in March, largely in line with economists' expectations. Headline inflation fell to 5.5% year-on-year, down from 6.3% in February, matching private sector economists' estimates. This was the slowest pace in 11 months as private transport inflation declined. Core inflation, which excludes accommodation and private transport, also dialed back to an 8-month low of 5% on the year, from 5.5% in February. This was marginally lower than the 5.1% forecast by economists, led by lower inflation for services, food, retail and other goods. Overall, the Consumer Price Index has slowed down for most categories in March, with the exception of electricity and gas. Singapore's industrial production fell 4.2% year-on-year in March, marking the sixth consecutive month of contraction, but improving from February's 9.7% fall, according to data from the Singapore Economic Development Board. The March figure was better than the 6.1% fall expected by private sector economists in a Bloomberg poll. Chemicals was the worst performing cluster in March, declining 11.8%, followed by electronics, precision engineering, and general manufacturing. The greatest rise was in transport engineering, up 23.5% on the back of a 48.4% increase in marine and offshore engineering. On a seasonally adjusted month-on-month basis, Singapore's overall manufacturing output increased 9.3% in March, improving from the previous month's 12.5% contraction. In other property news, flash estimates showed that housing and development bought rents and volumes rose in March, while condominium rental market fell, as potential condominium tenants shifted to smaller room HDB flats amid rising costs. Condominium rents fell by 0.3% month-on-month in March and is the first time condominium rents have declined in three years. In a macroeconomic review released on Wednesday by the Monetary Authority of Singapore, it notes that rental pressure for both private and public housing is expected to ease this year after rising sharply in 2021 on an exceptional supply-demand imbalance. Resale prices and volumes of condominiums continued to rise in March, supported by healthy demand for units in the outside of central region. Overall resale prices were up 1.4% month-on-month and rose 8.6% from the previous year. Number of resale condo transactions during the month rose 53.9% and volumes inched up 0.2% year-on-year. This comes as buyers return to the market after the year-end holidays and Chinese New Year period. Property analysts also noted a rise in purchases by foreigners. On the other hand, the number of distressed property listings jumped in the first quarter of 2023 and more distressed sales are expected in the second half of the year as bankruptcy applications increase. The number of bankruptcy applications rose quarter-on-quarter by 5.6% in Q1 2023 and 22.2% higher year-on-year according to data from the Ministry of Law. Property consulting firms Knight Frank and Edmund Tai, which hold auctions every month, saw higher numbers of mortgagee listings in the first three months of the year. 
In industrial property, rents and prices continued to rise for the 10th straight quarter in Q1 2023 despite a fall in transaction volumes and occupancy rates. Industrial rents rose 2.8% quarter-on-quarter and 8.8% year-on-year, with multiple user and single-user factories as well as warehouses leading the rise. JTC notes that overall demand for industrial space remains robust, with growth still expected. Moving away from property, Singapore and Shanghai strengthened economic ties with 15 agreements signed between public and private organisations at the 4th Singapore-Shanghai Comprehensive Cooperation Council meeting earlier on Monday. Agreements between the respective government agencies included a Memorandum of Understanding on the Digital Economy as well as one on tourism. At the meeting, Leaders agreed to strengthen trade and investment ties, enhance bilateral cooperation in digital and green economies, and deepen partnerships in financial services and innovation. In 2022, two-way trade between the two cities rose 8% to nearly 20 billion Sing dollars. Amelia, it's reporting season again. Give us some of the highlights. Of course, Clarissa. Let's start with local bank UOB. UOB reported net profit of $1.5 billion for its first quarter ended March 31st, up 67% from $906 million a year earlier and in line with analysts' expectations. Excluding one-off expenses, specifically integration costs incurred in the acquisition of Citigroup's consumer banking businesses, UOB's net profit for the quarter was a record $1.6 billion, up 74% year-on-year. Net interest income grew 43% year-on-year to $2.4 billion. UOB noted that the bank's diversified franchise, particularly its wholesale and retail businesses, contributed to the strong results. UOB lowered its 2023 guidance for loan growth to a low to mid-single digit from a mid-single digit target in quarter four last year. Earlier in the week, market observers expect Singapore banks to post first-quarter results that have been weighed down by limited room for net interest margin growth as the US Federal Reserve is expected to be near the peak of its rate hike cycle. DBS will report results on May 2nd and OCBC on May 10th. Yang Zixiang Shipbuilding updated that it has a total of 1.2 billion US dollar order wins in Q1 2023, representing 39% of its 3 billion target set for 2023. Its order book value for the quarter has reached 10.98 billion, and the group has delivered 16 vessels, which is at 28% of its delivery target of 57 vessels for the year. 56% of vessel orders are for container ships, contributing to about 71% of the total outstanding order book value. Suntech Reed reported lower distributable income for Q1 2023. Distributable income declined 26.8% year-on-year. Operational performance continued to strengthen across office, retail and convention properties. However, financing costs as well as a weaker Australia dollar and pound sterling against the Singapore dollar contributed to the decline in distributable income. Capital Land Escort Trust announced that its Q1 2023 gross profit rose 59% year-on-year due to stronger operating performance and contributions from new properties. Its revenue per available unit of property for the quarter rose 90% year-on-year on higher occupancies and room rates. Across its key markets, it notes that Australia, Japan, Singapore and USA performed at pre-COVID levels or above. Parkway Life REIT posted 21.7% growth in gross revenue for the first quarter 2023, driven by higher rent from Singapore hospitals and additional revenue from new properties acquired in 2022. 
It announced a distribution per unit of 3.65 Singapore cents, up 2.5% year-on-year. CapitalLand China Trust updated that its retail operation leading indicators are showing recovery. Retail occupancy grew 96.4% in Q1 2023, while tenant sales and shopper traffic saw double-digit growth. The REIT continues to target new demand and tenant space expansion in engineering, electronics and biomedical trade sectors, and also notes that leasing activities have picked up in March. Next week, all eyes will be on the US Federal Reserve as investors await a potential final interest rate hike on May 4th. Singapore's Purchasing Managers Index will also be released on May 3rd. This has been Market Factors from the Business Times. I'm Clarissa Montero with Amelia Tan, Market Analyst at SGX Securities and Yong Jun Yuan from the Business Times News Desk. This is a podcast by the Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.